Worldwide parent coach and conscious educator, Sue DeCaro, is on a mission to revitalize the joy in parenting. Welcome to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids, a podcast designed to help parents all over the world create deeper connections with themselves and their children while overcoming life's daily parenting challenges. Listen in if you want to bring more laughter, love, and enjoyment to your home life. Welcome to Conscious Parents Thriving Kids, a place for all things parenting. I am your host, Sue DeCaro. Today, I am pleased to introduce my special guest, Kristen Harcourt. Kristen is a professional coach and speaker. She has a global coaching practice and loves helping people to tap into their genius and take action in their careers and their lives. Through their work together, Kristen's clients experience greater health and well-being, more creativity and innovative problem solving, improved performance and achievement, and more satisfying relationships and greater fulfillment. Welcome, Kristen. So excited that you're here with us today, and I look forward to talking with you. Thanks, Sue. It's awesome to be here. I'm looking forward to it. So as you and I have talked in the past about consciousness and conscious parenting and the world we live in and how our kids are our greatest teachers, each child that comes to us or comes through us is here specifically to help us grow and to learn just as we are here to help them too. We're given the children we need for our own growth. And I wondered if you could share with us and our listeners through your own parenting journey, what you have discovered in reference to this in terms of your children. Can you share a little bit about this with our listeners? Yeah, absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. So uh, absolutely. I, I always say that my our, our, our kids have been my greatest teachers and I have a, a six-year-old son and a nine-year-old daughter. And I really came to conscious parenting through my nine-year-old daughter, um, just really realizing when I became a mom, there was just this other part of me that showed up and just became so interested in, in understanding myself and I guess how I can show up as the best version of myself as a mom. And um, so that, that's been really cool with, you know, beginning with my daughter. My son, who's a six-year-old, um, I think as both par- most parents can agree, each of our kids can be very, very different. And so just as I thought I was really learning things from my daughter and what's working well and what's not going well and what I'm going to do different, here comes this other beautiful little baby into my life. And my son is so, so different from my daughter. And I would really call him our, our spirited child. He just requires a very different type of parenting style. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about it today. But with a spirited child, it really has forced me to think about think about my actions, think about why I'm doing what I'm doing, and think about how I can best support this little guy. And a lot of it can feel a little bit unconventional from what I was taught or what I believed would work. I love that. And I think, I think you hit the nail on the head in, in what you said about every child. Every child is unique. Some are more spirited than others. And way back when my kids were young, that used to be called challenging. Because the challenge is how to be a good parent today to this child, how to create the conditions for this particular child and that particular child to thrive. But one who might 
push you a little bit further to your own parenting exploration and curiosity about how you can bring more peace and harmony in relationship to this child, it's called spirited. It's called raising a spirited child, or it's called coming to your parenting in a different way to support each child. But of course, those spirited children are here to teach us even more about ourselves. And first, I'm thrilled that we do not use the word challenging anymore in this conscious approach to raising kids. And secondly, can you share a little bit more about how you have tweaked your parenting style to really support your spirited child? Yeah, that's a great question, Sue. And I, I always want to say I'm, it's a work in progress. And I'm always, <laughs> I try to hold it from the space of experimenting. So I'm constantly experimenting and I'll never stop experimenting and learning what works and what doesn't work. Um, but some of the things that I'm learning is, first of all, just understanding things from the perspective of, of my six-year-old. So when I started to really understand that he feels things so intensely, and that can be beautiful in that he experiences things intensely, that he has so much love, he has this intense love, and he is so perceptive, and he sees things around him that I don't even notice. He's just fully present uh, around everything that's happening in his life. But that intensity can also be when he experiences something, it's like he's so fired up and everything that's going on in his body, it's almost hard for him to contain. And he can't see things or think about things in the same way because he really can't even get access to his brain the same way we would when things are so intense. So some of the ways that I've learned to adapt are, first of all, just noticing that and realizing that. So previously, when he might have been so intense, and um, I really love the book that's called um, Raising a Spirited Child, and she talks about the different zones um, when they're in the, the green zone, yellow zone, and red zone. And so when they're in the red zone, which is, you know, they just really can't access um them, they can't really access their, the, the kind of the best thing to do in a situation. So when they're in the red zone, sometimes for us as a parent, it's like, whoa, this is intense. And then we would sometimes go into the red zone with them as well. So I know when he is feeling so intense like that, the best thing I can possibly do for him and for myself is to get into that green zone. So to get calm, to stay centered. So a lot of times for me, that's taking a deep breath, not having to go in right away. Um, give myself that time to just to just contain myself and then come to him from that more calm, centered, green zone place. Then all of a sudden he's feeding off of my energy and it helps him to get a lot calmer. And that's not always easy because let me tell you a lot of times that red zone and when he's in that intense energy, it's, it's not at the times that are necessarily, you know, it's a, you know, it is a Saturday afternoon and I've got time that could happen on a Monday morning when we're trying to do the school zone, we're trying to get ready for school and we've got places to go. So it can, it can feel really counterintuitive to have to slow down when in our, in your mind, you feel like you have an agenda, you have places to go, you have things to do. And really what you need to do in that moment is slow everything down. I 
wholeheartedly agree. And uh, first, I think Raising a Spirited Child, the, the book you mentioned, is incredible. And anyone who is listening and experienced the intensity or, or just the spirit, seeing a spirit in your child, this book is definitely one to pick up and, uh, and start reading. And I also couldn't agree with you more, um, Kristen. I think that with any child, the intensity or the uh, hyperreactive state that is sometimes referred to when a child goes into that red zone, for whatever reason, at whatever time, the worst possible thing we could do as a parent is join them there. Of course, that's the hardest thing is not to join them there because when the intensity gets fired up in our kids or anyone in our lives, we tend to get fired up too with them. It's very, very difficult to stay in that neutral zone, that green zone of calmness. And it's like anything else we have to learn and build like mindfulness. We have to build the muscles of being able to stay neutral, of being able to be calm and stay in that calm green zone to support our child. Hurrying is not going to get the child out the door with that type of intensity in any way, shape or form. We're not going to win, right? Not that there is a winning and a losing, but we're not going to win by leaving the home at that, you know, at that moment without supporting our child in a way that helps our child to, to move forward. And that takes focus on the actual child in front of us and also on ourselves to stay in neutrality, to not take their emotions on as our own. Would you agree? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's really, really important. And, and it's, it's hard. It's, and I like the way you describe that. I like to say too, it's like building a muscle, right? And I say, when you're building a muscle, when you go to the gym, you don't just show up at the gym and all of a sudden it's like, Oh, look at my muscles. It's, <laughs> right. It takes a lot of repetition. It takes a lot of consistency. And I think it's about having a lot of self-compassion for yourself as you're, you're working on this new skill. Absolutely. And some moments are better than others and some days are better than others. And you know, one of the things I preach all over the world is the fact that we cannot beat ourselves up for a moment that didn't go as we hoped it would. All we can do is reflect upon it and take with us the learning from it, not from guilt, not from shame, not from beating ourselves up uh, or our children, but merely to learn and grow with each moment the next one is new and it's, it's a clean slate to start with. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I think it's so critical. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad we bring this up because a lot of times half the battles, not even what we're experiencing with our kids. It's also that, that narrative in our head, right? What we're saying, our mindset. And if we're saying, Oh, here we go again. And I'm not getting this and I'm never going to get at it. And I suck and I'm not a good mom and all of that kind of stuff. Well, it's not even just a matter of what you're experiencing with your child, but what's going on in your head, that's going to even take even more energy out and not give you the ability to be able to support them and be with them in that moment. Exactly. And that's where the neutrality comes in. It's not only neutral in your body, it's neutral in your mind. It's just coming to it as this is the moment I need to be in. This is what's happening in front of me. It's not good, bad, or indifferent. It just is. And one of the questions that I really love at these moments and, and many other moments, and perhaps you use this question, is what does my child need from me right now? 
They certainly don't need us to get all hyped up and, you know, and bash ourselves because that's not going to help them. And they certainly don't need us to climb up into that red zone and, you know, and, and be hyperreactive along with them in an intensity that, that we're joining them. And we have two people that are there. So it helps to focus on what your child needs in that moment to be able to help your child move through that moment in a way that works for them and is not about you as the parent. Yeah, exactly. So with, with your practices and with your shifts in this, um, share a little bit with us about what you've noticed in your son and how he's come to this and your daughter, both your kids, how they've come to uh, respond and with your neutrality and your calm presence how that's helped your children in these moments? What have you seen in them? Yes. Uh, well, it's pretty spectacular, actually. Uh, so, so a lot of times with, with my son and my daughter, there's a lot of language that we use. So the more I can say, you know, oh, I, I can tell this is what's going on. This is what you're experiencing and acknowledge and I'm there with them and have that empathy. He now has the language so that he can communicate what's happening. And sometimes he'll even be able to access and say, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot for me right now, mommy. And I say, oh, you know, I can see this, let's breathe together. So he will come to his breath or Sometimes even when he hasn't gotten to the point where he's in that red zone, but he's noticing that he's in that yellow zone, he now has the language that he'll say to me, mommy, I know I'm noticing that I'm feeling really, really tired. We need to go to bed now. And I love that. Like he's noticing and telling me, and I'm not going to say, okay, one more minute, or let's just finish this or let's, he's making it clear. This is what I need because I, I am, I'm tired now. So he's now has the language and he's starting to communicate that to me and I will stop what I'm doing and we will go and start doing the bedtime routine. So, or he'll even, you know, we'll have the language, but we'll be in the car and I can just, I can tell there's some intensity and I'll say, Oh, I think this is, this is feeling like it's a Zen moment. Is everyone feeling like they want to have a Zen moment? And then we'll be all in the car holding up our hands, like we're meditating and just doing some breathing. So he's starting to, um, through me guiding him and being present and showing up with that, that calm neutrality, it's giving him that I'm leading by example. So he's seeing what that looks like. Um, and same with my daughter as well, right? She's, I find because we're, we're so open and we're all communicating around what we're experiencing, what's going on. I'm also saying, Hey, it's okay. Mommy has those days too. This is what happens sometimes for, with me when I'm feeling really overwhelmed or this is what's going on and this is what I do. So I also find that there's this trust that I've created with them that they'll also share what they need from me or what they're experiencing. So one story that I like to share, and, and I love it, um, them kind of telling on me and letting me know um, when they need more of me is I remember one time my daughter needed me for something and I was, I was on my cell phone responding, responding to a message. And she looked at me and she said, you know, mommy, I need you to put the cell phone down. And I said, okay. Um, so that I came over to there, over to her and started talking to her. And she said, you know, mommy, I really like it when I'm talking to you, when I'm having a conversation with you and I'm speaking to you, I want you to look at me and look at me in my eyes. I want us to be looking eye to eye when I'm talking. And I thought, wow, wow. I, I helped to create that because I gave her the language 
to be able to say that and also the confidence for both of them to let me know what they need from me. So it's just, it's this beautiful work in progress. And the more you show up from that space, the more they can feel comfortable sharing what they need more of from you and be able to, through leading by example, be able to put that, put that into effect because it's one thing to say, you know, this is, you know, expecting them to be able to kind of be more mindful, but if you're not practicing those mindful uh, mindful moments in your life, then you're not giving the opportunity to for them to watch what you're doing so they know what that looks like. That is absolutely beautiful. And from a conscious standpoint, I want to highlight a few things that you said that are just remarkable. I think, first of all, being authentic is enormous for our kids. Being real. We are not perfect human beings. We're perfectly imperfect. And so being able to honestly share that you have hard days or an experience that might have happened with you know with you in your life that maybe you reacted in a certain way that was beautiful or maybe you didn't and how you wish you may have come to that teaches our children a lot about us and it also teaches our children a lot about life and how we can move through it positively or negatively, but also from a learning opportunity. So I love that you share with your children some of the experiences that you've had so they can understand that you're human too. And I think that also leads me to another point is that we walk side by side. I'm sure you'd agree with me, uh, with mm-hmm. our children. We are, not, we are not the directors of their lives. We, yes, we lead and model for them, but with them. And I think more importantly is with them. I like to think of us walking side by side in the sand with our children and the footprints are all aligned side by side, not us leading them through life, pulling them along, but learning again, authentically from one another. And and like your daughter brought to you, the language that you have taught her, but she's reflecting back when she sees you not uh, doing what it is you've taught her so beautifully to do, correct? Yes, yes, exactly. It's a, it, it was such a, and there could have been an opportunity where I could have reacted and said, oh, I, you know, like you just said around owning your humanness. And I could have been said, oh, she's right. I shouldn't be doing that. But instead I thought, wow, this is, I'm so proud. I, I'm so proud that she's honoring her voice. And because that's another thing I try to teach both of them. And, and I love the way you, um, you notice that authenticity piece. Like I want them to show up as who they are and be able to own their voice and feel powerful enough to say what, what they're truly feeling. So there was no, no feeling of, Oh, I, you know, here I am. I wasn't, I wasn't showing up as that perfect human being as because nobody's perfect, but it was just such a beautiful moment of connection. Mm -hmm. And, and so important for our children to tell us what they see in us that we could also shift or change in order to be more present for them and with them. And this is all how connection takes place. So if we react in a way that makes our child feel badly for sharing what they need, because it makes us feel as if we did something wrong, we're actually creating more of a disconnect than we are a connection. So as your children may come to you, those that are listening today, I think it's truly important to honor what they share and see how they see you and how you are showing up from their perspective. Because again, it is an interpretation or perspective of what they see and what they need in those moments. 
And we, we are the examples for our children. It is about what we do, not what we say. In the olden days, my parents used to say, do what I do what I tell you to do, not what you see yeah. me do, or do what I say, mm. not what I do. Yeah. And now it is all, all about do what I do mm-hmm. in their minds, not necessarily in ours, but you may tell them to be more mindful. You may tell them to be on the breath. But again, if they don't see us practicing the things we hope to see in them in an authentic way, they're not going to be as apt to adopt them in their life because it is us that are the models, the examples in how we go about living in our authentic humanness. Absolutely. Well, I think this is um, so important for all of us as parents to think about in raising these young, beautiful spirits. They're all spirits. um, And honoring the uniqueness that each child has and how we bring our attention to it. I'd love to ask you one last question. We know how important consciousness is in, in our lives. But how do you see consciousness also relating in the professional environment that can shed light to us when we step foot out of our homes and into the real world and create, well, it is the real world in our home, but creating a whole different atmosphere for how we live our life more consciously. Mm. How do you see that playing a role? Mm. Such a beautiful question. Thank you, Sue. Uh, And so aligned with my bigger mission, which is to raise consciousness globally, because I don't believe it's like this compartmentalized thing where you're like the parent, you're the leader, you're the boss, you're the wife, you're the, we are whole people. So when we're on this journey of raising our consciousness and understanding who we are and how we show up and how we can be the best version of ourselves, that translates to all parts of ourselves and in all in all environments. So, I love when I'm I'm working with leaders and I'm helping them to get back in touch with who they are and how they can show up as the best versions of themselves. Well, when they start to show up as more of a transformational leader and collaborating and adapting with their teams and bringing out the best with and the people around them. Well, that also translates to how they're showing up as a father and how they're showing up as a spouse and how they're showing up as a friend. Because I truly believe when we go on this journey to continue to get to know ourselves and and who we are and um, getting access to our, our most creative, most resourceful self, which is really connecting with, within ourselves, mind, body, spirits, we just have so much more to give to the world. And um, my experience when I'm sometimes working within corporate, a couple of patterns I see that show up. One would be, you know, someone has moved into a leadership position and they're leading others, but they don't really understand themselves very well. And you can't really lead the people around you as effectively until you truly know who you are. And the same way you're adapting with your children to those different unique personalities, well, in a workplace that's also filled with many different personalities, with so much diversity. Uh, and, and it's about really getting to know each human being in front of you and, and, and constantly adapting. 
The other piece though that I see is sometimes there's, it's not one or the other, right? We always, we, we tend to sometimes go into these extremes, right? So it's, you know, it's, we need to have all these leaders being better, but then there's no, all the onus is on the leader and there's no onus on the individual. And I believe it's the two working in tandem. So it's not to say, yes, you're, you want to have leaders who are more effective as, as leaders, but we also, those employees working within organizations, we can also be the best version of ourselves. So also doing our own inward work and what can we be, what can we do to be more effective? Because it's very easy to point fingers and be the victim and blame it on the other people out there. But that's, that's taking, that's giving away all of our power, right? We need to feel empowered to know that we have choices. Um, we are in charge with our actions. Um, our thoughts create our reality too, right? So we hear so often and it's blaming everybody else. It's their fault. Well, nothing can really, it's not about what happens outside of you. It's what happens inside of you. And the more people can understand that from an emotional intelligence perspective, that it's actually our thoughts that create the emotions and it's our internal thoughts and emotions. It's not about what happens out there. I love that. And that brings us full circle to really identifying and understanding who you are, who the children or child is in front of you, and what you bring to the table in connecting to yourself, your conditioning, your thoughts, your emotions. And that's where building these muscles, wherever you are, whether you're in the business world, in your home, at the grocery store, it's so important to, to connect with your authenticity, who you truly are. And I think the work you do in the world is, is incredible. So I'd love to invite you to check out Kristen's website, www.kristenharcourt.com. That's K-R-I-S-T-E-N-H-A-R-C-O-U-R-T.com. And Kristen, are there any parting words of wisdom? You've already shared a lot of wisdom, but anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? You know, I think I thank you for, first of all, Sue, for for having me. I've I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation, and I would just say, you know, spend the time, invest in yourself, right? So often we're so willing to invest in other things and invest in buying stuff, but we won't invest in our own personal development. So I would say, give yourself the gift of investing in yourself because it'll pay. It'll pay in, in everything and in every inter- interaction. And it'll make you feel more, it'll make you feel happier and more fulfilled. I I second that. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful uh, statement. Thank you for being on my show. It's been an honor and a pleasure to have you. And thank you all for joining me. Remember, every moment is a new moment for conscious connection. Thanks for listening to Conscious Parents, Thriving Kids. If you like what you heard, Please subscribe, rate, and review at iTunes or wherever you listen in. And be sure to visit DeCaroParentCoaching.com for a free download of 10 ways to connect with your child.